If you blink now, forever hold your dying wish When you set your goal, don't give up on it Remind yourself every morning, noon and night I was born for this, and it's worth the fight Welcome back to another episode of the podcast From the depths of darkness to the light of success I am your host, Chris Swick This podcast is based around mental health, addictions, And whatever anyone wants to share on my platform, I believe everyone's story is valuable at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. With no further ado, I'd like to introduce to you my next guest, Barbie Liss. But before we start, Barbie, I want to just do a little check-in. How is your mental health today? Yeah, thank you. And firstly, thank you for having me here. And yeah, today I'm feeling very filled, actually. What is your story all about and stuff like that? What is Barbie about? Yeah, thanks. It it feels like a good day for me today. Yeah. And why is that? I'm working on some things that feel exciting for me, and I just got off a call with a client, which always fills my heart very much. So I'm feeling purposeful, which is filling. That's amazing, yeah. Barbie. So let's take it away. What is your story all about? What is Barbie about? I am a women's empowerment coach. I work with women to heal from generational and childhood woundings so that they can release fears or whatever it is that holds them back, limiting beliefs that hold them back, and to release those and reframe them so they can go forward more empowered. My own journey is what led me to this path, and that was, I guess, really beginning about five years back after my daughter was raped and the journey that we both took in healing from that and a restorative justice outcome and all that came within the healing of that is what brought me to where I am today. So take us back to when that happened to your daughter. How did that make you feel in that moment? Mm. I think that's when they say life shifts on a dime. (laughs) life shifted on a dime. And in the moment, there was a lot of things that went through my head for myself. And I also offer, I'll say, if anyone of your listeners is the mom of a survivor, that's a crazy journey on its own and not a lot of support for it. So I do offer that support. But I went to places like I felt guilty. And I went to places where I just wanted to, as a mom, wanted to fix it for her. And There were so many lessons within all those fields about what truth of healing and supporting looks like. A lot of questions about society and how we got here to a place where this can happen and generational stories that get passed from one to the next generation. And all of these were part of my process for the next year or so, which is what took me to ultimately here today. And her push for a restorative justice outcome. Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about that restorative justice. I've talked with you a little bit about it on a call. But what is exactly that about for the listeners that don't know? Mm -hmm. Restorative justice is a method of justice and healing that merge. And it focuses on repair rather than punishment. And it recognizes that there's a ripple effect to a crime. So every crime has the person who's been harmed and the person who caused harm, but there's also a ripple effect through the community. So I, for example, am a ripple, right? My, myself, my children, my ex, his parents, his family, his friends, like there's a ripple effect to people affected by a crime and restorative justice 
honors all of that. And it's, it's based on the voice of the survivor. Whereas our system is punishment focused and there's no healing involved in it. And like justice and healing don't meet at all. And whether or not that's actually justice is questionable to me. But yes, we did do a prelim trial. That was a year of post-rape. And then her push for a restorative justice outcome was still a year from there. So our restorative justice circle didn't happen till three years post-rape. So it's not a very quick process. I'll also say that it's not for everybody. And I honor that. It's what I have found in my work and the people who have reached out to me is that those who have been through a harm caused of that magnitude usually are simply looking for accountability and remorse and some answers, right? It's the people who have never experienced something so major that think punishment is the answer. But it's not always what the person's looking for their own healing. Did you take some backlash or your daughter too mm-hmm. for going the restorative justice route instead of doing a trial and sending this person to jail? There's going to be those that don't agree, and that's fine. I think the message for me behind all of this is the justice system as we know it, our own attitudes in society, we've been very taught that revenge eye for an eye outlook and it's so ingrained in our thinking that we don't really think any other method that's just what happens you hurt me I'm going to hurt you back and to me it's like slapping your child's hand and saying don't hit you're not you're taking some a moment that's been dehumanized and you respond with dehumanizing there's no shift in that and yet we can all sit in society and talk about how change is needed and how what's happening this world and on but no one's changing it if nothing changes. So this way, to me, if you have a person who's caused harm, I don't think anybody was born with the intention to cause harm. I don't think anybody was born a bad seed. I think that everybody has a story that led them to do something. And I think if we can offer healing to that person and transformation so that they can learn a better way and understand a better way and give them better options in their life, then we break the cycle of hurt people hurt people. And we create shift by making punishable moments into teachable moments. Then well, we've like actually the made change. That that... yeah. yeah, no, it's definitely for sure. If you just send someone away to jail for the bad things they've done and they don't get, you know, reformed or get the help they need in there, which it does lack in our prison system and our judicial system here in Canada. I do know I can't speak for any other countries, but there's a lack of understanding when they go there, like you're going to get the help you need. Well, you don't get all the help you need because sometimes those people come back out worse off than they were when they went in there. Yeah, usually. And then what happens when they come out is they can't get a job and they're like stigmatized for life and it's a repetitive cycle. And they end up back in. But this way, if you've actually allowed the person healing and transformation. So when people say to me, well, society isn't society better off if they're put away. And I'm thinking, no, because look how they're going to come out. Nothing changes. But if we offer them change and healing, now they offer forward a better message in the world. Now they become a better human who are going to potentially raise children that are better humans instead of continuing that cycle. No, most definitely. And that's what I like 
to hear about the restorative justice that you guys went through, it sounds like it changed this other human to be a better person. And he learned from his wrong actions as well. And you guys were all able to heal together, which is nice to hear. Yeah, it was a long process. And there was a prelim trial, which is re-traumatizing and and awful. And then there was a year before he was mandated to therapy. So he did a year, almost eight months, a year of therapy before we all met. We weren't going to all meet until his therapist felt he was ready. So there was a lot of transformation happening for him in that time period. And then by the time we all sat down in circle, which was really difficult and really it was hard. It's not, it's not like a little gathering and like sing song by the fire pit. It's a hard experience to sit across a circle from the person who, for my daughter, for her assailant, and for me, for the person who did this to her and to go around the circle. And we went one at a time. So you were, it wasn't just everybody talking. It, it was whoever had the talking piece was talking and he was last. So he really sat for hours and listened to how he affected the lives of all of us who came before he had a chance to talk. Very challenging, very difficult. It was like, but also the opportunity to release everything that was in your body, that was in my body, for my daughter that was in her body, all the questions, all the things that I needed to say to him, all the things she needed to say to him, and to receive back accountability and remorse. is That is what healing is. That is what healing, to offer and- compassion to, yeah, to his story. And when you guys sat in that circle, were you nervous when you guys first sat in that circle? Nervous is, is an understatement. I, we walked, we all had a private meeting with the mediators the day before to talk about what to expect. We were told we had to walk in and greet every person in the room. I remember this man raped my daughter. I, I walked into that room trying to hold it strong for my daughter, but really thought I was going to be sick. Like to look at him and just the thought of him in the room and to look at him, I just, everything in me cringed. But as we went around the circle and we were all able to say, I got to say it. I looked him straight in the face and I said to him, how dare you? I got to say all the things I needed to say to him for three years. Having that opportunity to be heard is where healing begins. And I think we can all relate to that on the simplest moments in our lives. When we feel heard, we feel a healing begin, right? So to go through all that and then listen to his story and then offer back from his story. And I think I experienced every possible emotion under the sun that day. It was brutal. It was beautiful. It was horrible. It was amazing. It was like everything all in one eight hour period. But at the end of it, I don't think there's one of us in that room that wasn't changed that day. I don't think there's one of us in the room that didn't walk out feeling hundreds of pounds lighter. I think for me, when I say my life changed on a dime the day she was raped, it also changed that day. And I knew that everything I had learned the past three years was where I had to go to offer forward. There was purpose in it. There was proof that love is what heals, which is what I've always believed, but everybody always thought it was cute and naive. And I just proved, like we just proved in that circle that love and compassion is how we heal, how we change. I think in society, there's so much healing that needs to be done. And if we actually want to see change happen, we have to change what we're doing. We can't keep doing the same thing and expecting things to look different. 
I like that you say that. It is so true. Love and compassion, empathy, it is what heals, but it's also some of the hardest things to learn. Empathy is probably one of the hardest things to learn because some people, for the longest time, myself, I didn't have an empathetic bone in my body. I only cared about me, but you have to start being selfless and not as selfish to learn empathy and move forward with it from what I've learned. Yeah. In my coaching work that I do, when I, I do much on healing generational wounding, and when you say that you came from a place of you were, your own anger and your lack of empathy, it's really, that is stemming from our own wounding, right? And without healing our own wounds, we then have all these protective barriers and all these behaviors that come from the wound that we're offering forward. And if we can step back from it and heal those wounds and honor that every one of us is a human doing our best and offer love and compassion to the story of each human, you don't have to forgive. I'm not going to forgive what he did, but I forgive the human and I hold compassion to his story that led him there. And I hope that he finds peace and healing. And I trust that one day he'll offer Maybe he'll sit down with groups of young guys to talk about a better alternative. And maybe he'll, like, we've changed somebody who can now go forward with transformation. And do I think society's better that way? A hundred percent. So why do you value what you value today, Barbie? Hmm. I think it's validation for what I've always valued, but now it has words (laughs) and it has experience that's proved it. The healing path that she and I took that first year, my own healing, her healing, my supporting her healing, our healing together, there was a lot of lessons if we allow ourselves to sit in that darkness effectively, to feel into the darkness and answer the why me. And learn the lesson. I've always been a person made of love. I've always been a person that believes, that holds compassion to the story of another person. And I was always seen as naive for it or soft. And I think everything I learned and everything I questioned along my own healing journey and then the education that I seeked from that, it proved to me in a moment, in an experience where you're shot down with love as lost, it brings it back and it, it proved to me that love is what wins. It's what we all want. At the end of the day, we all want to be loved. We all want to feel loved. We we all want to connect. And if we can honor that everybody has a story and hold compassion to that story, I've always believed that. And all of this journey through, it's really hard times. I'll tell you, I hit rock bottom on this one, right? As did she teetered with survival at all. But in those spaces, we turned it all back to love and found that is actually how you heal it. So I was, it was validating for me. It was permission giving to use my voice to really advocate for what I've always believed but held back because I felt judged by it. And, and I experienced something that proved to me that I'm not wrong, that I'm not the crazy one, that this is how it should be. And you should feel, you should never feel judged either, in my opinion, today, like I've learned through my journey as well. You do the things that you feel are right and show your true authentic self out there and people will start to see that. But once you, people will call you on your bullshit though too, but as long as you're just your true authentic self, 
Who gives a shit what other people think? hundred percent. There's a lot of healing to be done from what I call them the shoulds in society. And we all have wounding from society's messages to us and little lessons that we absorbed and things that we should or shouldn't do that are the wrong message learned. And we have a lot of unlearning to do. I sometimes call myself an unteacher in my one-on-one work. We're going to unlearn so many of the messages that we've been handed in society that are damaging us. And that is where judgment's coming from. And that is where shame is coming from. And that is where fear is coming from. And none of it is right. We want to undo all of it and honor that everybody is yeah, a no, human. I totally get yeah. that. Yeah. Exactly. And you shouldn't be ashamed to share your story. That's what I use my platform yeah. now for is sharing my experiences in life, whether it was me while I was an addict, trying to show and inspire people that you don't have to go down that road and with all your shame and your trauma and hold it back. Just speak your truth and share your story. I just find it empowering to share your story as a whole. Yeah. Sharing your story is part of your own healing because it's healing to be heard, but also it's really permission giving to other people who haven't shared their story, who feel super alone and it helps them to see they're not alone. I'll say that we've said that my daughter and I to other survivors, or I'll say this to moms of survivors, you're not alone. You're not alone in feeling guilt. You're not alone in feeling selfish for having a journey in this process. You're not alone and you don't have to feel guilty and you're entitled to everything you feel. And by sharing it forward, you give permission to someone else to ease into their own truth of self. That's amazing advice to give to people out there that think they're alone. Just like Barbie said, everyone, you are not alone. Everyone has a story and the more you share, you give other people permission. I love that you said that because it does give other people permission and show them that they're not alone. And it's okay to share your story and let it out and stuff like that. Whether you use social media, write it down on paper in a blog or write a book. Yeah, absolutely. And this is how we create change. You know, we create change by being more aware of each other's journeys, We create change by honoring each other's journeys and celebrating each other. And I always say, let's just replace judgment with celebration. Right. I like that you judge say that. Each other. Replace Let's... judgment with celebration. Yeah. I'm going to write that one down. Mm-hmm. Everyone else should too. Yeah, we need to celebrate each other. We need to honor that everybody's doing their best, that everybody's, you aren't supposed to be me. I'm supposed to be me. You're supposed to be you. And I'm going to celebrate you for being you. I'd like you to celebrate me for being me. There's no judgment. There's no need to judge. I'm not trying to be you. I'm not trying to get you to be me. Everybody gets to be who they are. No judgment. No shame. Exactly. And I like that you say that. No shame, no judgment. Just be you. Yeah. And let's celebrate each other for that. Right? No, I like that. I love that there, Barbie. It's it's amazing. So tell me a little bit about what you do with your coaching and stuff like that. And the listeners, if someone's out there listening that feels they could use your services and stuff like that, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, the things that I offer. I offer and Where a can they find you too? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. I offer a one-on-one 12-week program, but I also offer little bits along the way too. So like smaller mini programs. I'm actually putting one together now. That's exciting me. Um, 
I also work with moms of survivors and with survivors if they feel called to support. But my one-on-one coaching with women is we look at your family history and your generational wounding, and we all have them. I used to think I had no childhood wounds because I had a happy childhood, but I have wounds from my childhood, trust me. We all do. So I look at generational wounding. I look at where it left you, where your purpose got lost and your voice got squished because women have been squished and diminished for far too long. The need to reclaim the feminine in society, the need to undo messages that we've absorbed and just offer a reframe, rewrite those messages and re-empower so that you have the strength and courage to be fully who you're supposed to be without fear. That's really what I, I say. I, we walk back your path far enough to launch you really far forward, so to rise fully empowered in that. And I'm also an advocate for restorative justice. I'll speak for that. I am a speaker for that. I've sat on panels for that. I continue to promote. If you're looking for conversations on restorative justice, and I'll bring that into embodied restorative practices, maybe in parenting, maybe in schools and whatever the practices of restorative justice need to be applied all over the place. So yes, I'm happy to do that. So yeah, I offer women's circles. Currently they're virtual, but yeah. um, Yeah, I'm here for anybody who feels called to a path of healing, a path of reclamation, a path of re-empowering themselves in their fullest authenticity. I can be found on Instagram. It's at underscore Barbie List. I have a website, same name. My email is barbie at barbielist.com. Yeah, find me and reach out. I am I'm here. I create a safe space filled with love and compassion and healing and sisterhood circles that connect us all because beautiful things happen when women gather in circle. And yeah. Does Ken come but with Barbie too? <laughs> I've always been asked that, and I always <laughs> swore never to date someone named Ken, but wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> so if you were to throw a message in a bottle into the ocean, what would yours say? Oh, I love that question. Yeah, I would say trust your intuition and be true to yourself and don't let anything stop you from being fully who you're meant to be because that's your gift here. That's your medicine to the planet. I love that one. And I like you how you talk about a lot about being your true authentic self because it, it means a lot once you find that true authentic self and what you're meant to be doing here on this mm-hmm. earth because we're not here for a long time we're here for a short time yeah exactly and with purpose like all of us are here with purpose so don't deny yourself your purpose the world needs you no i totally agree with you there so mm-hmm. does utilizing time properly make our lives meaningful and happy i want to say yes and qualify what properly is i think there's got to be a balance between whatever it is that your work calls you to and balanced with self-care and time for you to come back to yourself because that's how you refill and allows you to to do all the rest so yes with a qualifier of balance (laughs) I, i like that you bring in balance though too balance is definitely key because we can get lost going down the rabbit holes this these days with youtube social media as you know them the mindless shows that are out there on tv But if you bring structure into your life and implement those good habits, I'm reading a book right now, Atomic Habits, but just trying to recreate 
better habits for myself and been really learning lots. Like whether it's you get up, I get up in the morning at 6 a.m. and go sit at the island in the kitchen and write in my journal. Set a time and where you're going to do it. I'm going to sit on the couch for five minutes after I'm done that and meditate, putting the structure mm. into those habits and stuff like that. And it, it really does come a long ways though, for sure. It needs to, we need to come back to ourselves. Otherwise we're forever giving stuff out and we deplete. We need time to refill. For sure. And yeah, to, to take, if, if we don't, we just, that's when we start feeling overwhelmed and our thoughts are swirling in our heads and we can't think anymore. And that's the time that you need to like, pause and meditate or pause and go for a walk and pause or something to clear your head and come back to you so you can be more productive going forward. Yeah. Balance is key, everyone. Balance is definitely mm-hmm. key. You never have too much balance in your life. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what is something that you wish you could avoid? Ha. Huh. Going forward? That's an interesting question. I've learned in my life, I've been faced with much challenge and much change. And I learned that change is probably a theme in my life. But I've also learned in the past few years that there's purpose in the change. So I don't know that I want to avoid anything because I think that when something comes to me, there's higher purpose and there's a message in it if I'm open to learning it, which is where I sit now to to take things that I would have wanted to avoid, things that would have had me crumbled in a ball a few years ago. I see now that they allow me to rise more empowered and to embrace those moments. So I don't really want to avoid. I'm going to open to whatever comes to me and trust that it holds higher purpose. I like that. And sometimes avoiding things can be negative, though, too, if you start avoiding things in in life. Because you can't avoid it. I don't think you can avoid it. I think life is going to offer you, and you can either fall apart by it or you can rise empowered by it. I've been challenged with partnerships, I've been challenged with each one of my children one at a time. I've been challenged with things that I would think would take me down completely. And I rise by them now where they would have taken me down completely years ago. I've learned that there's lessons in there. And if I'm open to learning them, they all bring me higher purpose. So I'm not going to avoid because I can't. So what I'm going to, what I'm going to do is choose how I want to respond. That's a good way to put it there, Barbie. Like you get to choose at the end of the day, if you respond, react, whatever it is to whatever's going on, you have that choice before you do respond or react. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We may not have a choice in our situation in that moment, but we always have a choice on how we manage the situation. And it's the circle of change, the circle of control. You only have control of you at the end of the day. You can't control what others do or what others think or 100%. what they're going to do. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The choice is always yours. I always say like the chapter titles might be handed to you, but you get to write the chapter. I like the way you put that. That's good. The chapter titles may be had to you, but you get to write the chapter. Hmm. Gets you thinking. Right? <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, you get to decide the outcome. Yeah, this chapter might be called Relationship Falls Apart. And you're thinking, oh, fuck, I don't want to write that chapter. I don't want that chapter. But it's yours to write. 
you get to decide what it looks like when that relationship falls apart. You get to choose how you come out of that chapter. You get to, you're holding the pen. It's yours. Exactly. Exactly. You get to choose at the end of the day. I used to love those books as a child, the choose your own adventures. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's life. <laughs> exactly. It's all, all yeah. one big adventure. Yeah. So if you were to speak today to a group of graduating college or high school students, what would be one piece of advice you would give them? Or what would be the topic you would speak to them about? Nice one. I think I would speak about, again, trusting your intuition. I would encourage them to question and think things through. I come from a generation that was taught not to question. And I think it's important to question some of the things that you're you've always just assumed to be true because you were told they're true and really feel into that and decide if it's true for you and trust yourself, trust your voice. I like that. You got to learn to trust your voice. If you're having doubts about what you're going to say or write or whatever, just do it. And it may not be the right thing at the time, but if you felt it was the right thing to do, then just go ahead and do it. Yeah, I think that our, I always say like our soul knows, your soul already knows. And when anxiety happens, often it's because there's a misalignment from what you're doing with what you actually know to be true that you want to do. And that creates an anxiety in our bodies. It creates an energy that's that's of turmoil rather than one that's at peace. Because when you're doing what feels peaceful to you, there's no anxiety, Right. So with those anxious moments, and I'm an energy healer, so I work, there's energy work in my program. We learn how to manage our own energy so that we can recognize it and shift the response to calm that anxiety because there's, your soul knows. If you trust your soul and you listen to what your soul's telling you, you won't have that misalignment. No, that's really a good way of looking at it too. Like with your energy in your own body, how it can shift and help calm yourself down. What are three things you do for yourself on a daily basis, Barbie, that help you with your mental health? I meditate every morning. Sometimes I'll come back to it later in the day if I feel called. That's where I come back to myself. I journal in the summer. I walk (laughs) outside, not a big winter person. So yes, being outside, being somewhere in nature when I can meditating movement any kind of movement is a great way to move energy whether it's a workout or dancing around or whatever it is that's a really good way to release energy as well so yeah meditation always journaling movement and do you have some good meditations for the listeners and stuff that are ones that you can suggest or do you just Mm. do your own sort of thing i both mostly i go into my own meditative but that didn't come for a while like that that doesn't it took it once now I really enjoy that just being in meditation on my own but there are if you go to YouTube and Google if you put in meditation for you'll see this drop down (laughs) anxiety stress falling asleep overcoming fear whatever it is it'll drop down to everything and yeah there's some really good ones in there Nice. I appreciate you pointing that out because meditation, and it's a hard place. You, know, you got to start slow and steady and you got to build yourself up to where you were talking about in that mindful state where you don't put anything on and just be mindful of everything around you, listening to that white noise in the room or nature if you're outside doing it and stuff. 
there's a space that you get to eventually where you're just at one with all of it. And, and I love that space, but it definitely took me a while to get to be able to do that. Yeah. I think it, if it's a, if it's a space of just your own inner soul that you want to be with, or if it's looking for guidance on and words of advice on something like that, it's, but yes, there's a lot of meditations on YouTube that are valuable. Really just yeah, put in meditation for is good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> meditation for, and the list is endless. It is. It is. Yeah. So taking us back a little bit, the line of work you're doing now was brought on, you said by your daughter's rape, but what was it that you wanted to do as a child growing up? Did you have like dreams of being something else a long time ago? It's funny. I, I always really, I just always wanted to be a mom. That's what I wanted to be, but I've always been a people person. So I did do a BA in psychology. That was my route. I've always wanted to work with people. I've been in many different businesses over the years. I've been in the art business. I've been a personal trainer for 15 years. And this just took me on a different path and found a more spiritual and holistic journey. And it brought me to yeah, working with people on a whole different level. And I think it's put it all together. I think all of it's come together to this place. I think all of what I've done was leading right here. <laughs> and now I feel very alive. And you're doing what you've always wanted to do, it seems, or what you were meant to do, I guess you should say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. And so how do you feel about what's going on in today's society? Do you think there could be something that you would like to see changed? Yes. <laughs> I think it's going to sound like it's a dreamer, but I don't think it is if, if we could all like, I, I feel like, first of all, I want to pick up the whole world and give it a big maternal hug. I think we all just need a big hug. I think everybody needs to take a chance to go to take a deep breath. It's funny that I've always said this, that the world needs to just stop and take a deep breath and I think the universe threw that on us this year <laughs> we've been forced into a space of stopping and taking a deep breath and I I think we have to it to me it always comes back to love even anger and hate is rooted in love you're only angry because you expected a different outcome that was loving and you didn't receive it so you're angry because you wanted love it always comes back to love and I think that if we how just take a global collective deep breath <laughs> and return all of it to love. We're all here together. We're all of the, the same goal. We might look different and live in different places, but we're all humans. And if we can come back to the soul of each person and the compassion to each person's story and just return the whole thing back to love, that's how we heal it. We need to stop. We need to pause. We need to think like perspective, what's important. We don't need to be at each other's throats. We need to be working together. We all want the same thing. And at the end of the day, we all have the same goal. We're just all going about it in different ways. I like that you say that too, about just bringing more perspective and working together is key. Like you and I doing the show together, we feed off one another and just work together to get this episode done. If everyone would just work together in life, it would go a lot smoother so but, much you know, easier it, it, right again like generational wounding i'll speak to and that goes within a family and it goes within a society too like societies have generational wounding where and i see that a lot in the world today you pick two countries that have been fighting with each other you ask the like 
10 year olds today, why they're fighting with each other. They don't, they don't know. And they don't, they just, that's just what they've been told to do. And without question, they jump on board and it continues on. But if we could all just stop and take a deep breath and why it doesn't matter. We're all humans. It doesn't matter. Let's just come back to love and heal those wounds that our great, great grandparents started the battle. And we're like staunchly in there for what? For a battle that started at a time that doesn't matter now. I totally agree with you too. They're like you said, the 10 year olds there, they see it on TV or they see that it's proper in the video games they're playing or hear their parents doing it or whatever it is. They only learn from what they, their product of their own environments. Yeah. And that's why I say start questioning just because they've, you've been told that it does something as a way we have a, a beauty industry that makes tons of money every year offering us messages that make us feel like shit about ourselves you know you can question that actually what's wrong if i have a wrinkle who said i'm not allowed to have wrinkles i'm not good enough anymore like we have to start questioning the message that message is thrown at us because they aren't all good messaging not at all there's such uh there's lots of negativity in the messages that are out there today that is for sure so that's why I say I'm unteacher. We're going to unlearn so many messages you've absorbed without question <laughs> and then reframe it so that you can claim your own power. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show today to share all that stuff. And it was just amazing and empowering. And I got lots of value from it myself. And I hope all the listeners did mm-hmm. as well, Barbie. Again, you just want to let them know where they can find you and follow on your journey. Because you have lots of amazing content that you post all the time on Instagram, especially where mm-hmm. I found you. And you do have a website if any of the women out there would love to get some one-on-one coaching if they're looking to heal from generational wounds. Barbie would be the go-to person, everyone. Oh, thank you. Yeah, through my website, which is barbielist.com. Instagram, again, it's at underscore Barbie list. You can email me, Barbie at BarbieList.com. You can find me on Facebook as well. Happy to hold space, to have a conversation. Yeah, don't hesitate. Feel free to reach out. Thank you so well, much. Thank for you this. again. This has for... been a great conversation. Yeah. yeah, it was an amazing conversation. And thank you again for opening up and just sharing your insights on many different areas. It was awesome and very insightful, Barbie. Thank you again and for coming on the show today. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I learned so much from Barbie and how empowering and inspirational she really is. And I hope you did as well. You know, if you could take a quick minute and leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or even send me a voice message over on Anchor FM, that would be greatly appreciated. Go follow the show over on Instagram at Depths of Dark Side. Now, a little bit about next guest, Jen Gardner. She's an actress, a cake artist. You know, she really wanted to be a doctor when before she decided to be an actress. And when we talk about getting pregnant at a young age and which changed her in ways and for her career, and she created an online marketing course. She's a very amazing female entrepreneur and she really likes musicals and acting so if you do this episode's for you have a great rest of your week guys